The view from the top is awe-inspiring. All around, a forest of spires and towers and turrets thrust upwards, striving for the light, a perfect metaphor for the struggle between God and mammon. The godly spires more than hold their own, even as the towers of commerce grow ever higher and bolder. The writer James Boswell came here in 1762 to climb the 311 steps to what was then the highest viewpoint in London. Halfway up, he suffered a panic attack, but he persevered and made it to the top, where he found it horrid to be so monstrous a way up in the air, so far above London and all its spires. After a rash of suicides, the viewing platform was caged in 1842. The monument commemorates the Great Fire of London, and is the tallest isolated stone column in the world, 202 feet 62 meters high. It stands 202 feet 62 meters away from where the Great Fire started, at a baker's shop in Pudding Lane, on the 2nd of September 1666. The fire raged for five days, and destroyed four-fifths of the city, including St. Paul's Cathedral and 87 churches. Sir Christopher Wren, as well as designing the new St. Paul's Cathedral, also designed the monument, along with his friend Robert Hooke. Wren wanted to crown it with a statue of Charles II, but the king declined, pointing out, I didn't start the fire. So a flaming urn of gilt bronze was put there instead. The two architects used the hollow centre of the column to suspend a pendulum for scientific experiments, but the vibrations from the heavy traffic on Fish Hill made the conditions unsuitable. The monument stands on the site of St. Margaret's Fish Street, the first church to be burned down by the Great Fire. St. Magnus the Martyr Where fishermen lounge at noon, where the walls of Magnus Martyr hold inexplicable splendour of Ionian white and gold. T.S. Eliot at the bottom of Pudding Lane, down by the river, stands the church of St. Magnus the Martyr, blackened by grime on the outside, but still rich with white and gold inside. It is dedicated to the gentle Norwegian Earl of Orkney, killed by his cousin Harkon in 1116. There has been a church here since at least as early as 1067, and St. Magnus was the second church to be consumed by the Great Fire. It was rebuilt by Sir Christopher Wren in 1671-6, with the steeple, one of Wren's finest, added in 1705. It is 185 feet, 56 metres high, but only just manages to peep above the massive concrete bulk of Adelaide House, which sits hard up against the church. The approach to the old London Bridge ran by St. Magnus's, and, when the bridge was widened in the 18th century, the aisles of the church were shortened so that the pavement could pass directly underneath the tower, which then straddled the walkway. Some stones from Old London Bridge can be seen just inside the gates of the churchyard. Tucked in beside one of the tower's pillars is a wooden post from the Roman wharf of the first century, found on Fish Hill and as solid today as it was nearly two thousand years ago. Inside, there is a memorial to Miles Coverdale, 1487-1569, who was rector of St. Magnus for a short while towards the end of his life, 
having previously been Bishop of Exeter. Miles Coverdale oversaw the production of The First Complete Bible in English, published in 1535, which he dedicated to Henry VIII, with the words, This poor translation unto the spirit of truth in your grace. Four years later he was responsible for the first authorised version, the Great Bible, which was printed in London. Coverdale was originally buried in St. Bartholomew by the Exchange, but when that church was demolished in 1840 to make way for the new Royal Exchange, his monument and remains were moved to St. Magnus. The church organ was built by Abraham Jordan in 1712, and was the first swell organ in the world. A swell organ uses pipes set apart in a box that can be opened and closed to alter the volume, a system now used for organs everywhere. Just inside the west.